Hey, uh, real quickly before I get into our message this morning, um, what just just prayed over us is our code. If you didn't get that, um, I did because I'm normally at the top of the class. Um, that's our code. That's Elevate Church's values. We are Elevate Church and we live by that code. If that was the first time you've heard that, you were like, well, that's pretty good. Whoa, Jess, man, you know, it was pretty good. It is pretty good. It's worth, um, it's not the values of a church that we come to. It's not the values that we want to just display when we gather as the church. These are values that we really believe God's called us to live out 24-7, 365. That these are our values when we go into the marketplace. These are our values when we're around our families. These are our values, our eating, breathing, sleeping, living, waking. Did I miss anything? Values. We call it them our code. There's 10. There's no reason there's 10. There's 10. And they're on our website. I mean, they're on the foyer uh, wall, just, uh, just in uh, bullet form, but the unpacking is on our website. And here's what I really want to encourage you to do, inspired by Jess praying that over us. If you haven't ever just drilled into that page on our website, do it, because I think I, I, I'm, I'm real confident that you will be gripped by our code, that you'll be gripped by, yeah, I want to I wanna be that. I, I want to be a church that's that. I want to be the church. That's that, and I want to. I want to be that. So check that out. Um, this little uh, pinwheel and the guy not feeling pants um, is uh, around this series we launched last week called Mood Swingers, and the big idea around Mood Swingers is that we can actually control our emotions. Our emotions can work for us. We don't have to work for them. That, that God has given us His Spirit, and as we access His Holy Spirit and grow in dependence and awareness and reliance on His Holy Spirit, that we can actually control our emotions, not like the pinwheel. You know, too many people live their lives with their mood based on other things, other people spinning the wheel for them by what they say to them circumstances spinning the wheel for them by, by what's happening in our life at that time. And we're asking the question, can we be overflowing with joy even when we're overcome by circumstances? Or are we simply to live victims of other people and other circumstances and our moods and emotions just follow them? Well, no, we, we don't. And we're teaching this. This wasn't on our teaching schedule at the beginning of the year. We put this on, and I'll tell you why we put this on. We've got, we got a lot of 20-somethings and 30-somethings. I used to be one of them. When I was in my 20s and 30s, I did not know how to control my emotions. I worked for them. And I made a lot of stupid decisions, and I said a lot of stupid and, and damaging stuff to the people that I love. And we're teaching this in the hope that you 20 and 30-somethings, that we love you, we're teaching this so that you can learn at this young age, and the 14-year-olds too, by the way, Caleb, one of my favorite guys on the planet, can get this now and be a demonstration to a world that's actually increasingly living by their feelings and 
Yes, turning up to work, not feeling pants. Um, and it's important that a couple of months ago, I was over Paul and Debbie DeBlanc's house having a beautiful slow-cooked lamb shank dinner on a bed of sweet potato mash. Mwah. My mood swung that night. And we're just talking about Elevate and Jesus and what it means to follow him. And Paul and Debbie were just were saying to me that, 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 that one of the most uh, things that they're most grateful for about being part of Elevate and about the teaching and the, and the culture and so on is that we, 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 we try to do real. We don't do perfect, okay? Captain of the not perfect team up here, but we try to do real. And, and, and one of the ways we do real is we don't sugarcoat. Following Jesus isn't all rainbows and unicorns. And if you ever find someone that's trying to sell you that crap, run away, because it's not true. And thank God Jesus actually told it like it is. I want to jump right in this morning to something that Jesus said, that if you only read the first half of the sentence, it doesn't sound like the guy that's meant to be bringing the good news. Here's what Jesus said. At one point, in the world, you will have troubles. Now, if the full stop was there, don't follow him. Because we can do that just fine on our own. Right? So thankfully, there's a comma there. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. There's bad news, but it's real. And then there's good news. And it's also real. And as we go through life, both of these things will be real. They'll happen. We'll have troubles. Duh. And we'll have Jesus. And thankfully, Jesus has overcome what's overcoming us at any point in time. And we need to be reminded of that. And we don't have to be a victim to the troubles. Our moods don't have to just follow the troubles. But he said this. This is kind of a, to me, it's kind of a funny phrase, good cheer. I mean, if you visit Surrey, just south of London, they say this, oh, be of good cheer. But, but, but we don't say that in Perth. We're not posh like that. We don't say good cheer. I'm going to get to the good cheer in a minute. But have you ever thought if you see this phrase good cheer, the implication is there's also such a thing as bad cheer. Because if there wasn't bad cheer, he would just said be of cheer. But Jesus said be of good cheer. Inference, there's something called bad cheer. I want to call out bad cheer. Bad cheer I would define as anything that you or I access that will give us temporary pain relief but not actually fix the symptoms that's causing the pain and the troubles in the first place. We ran a video during our worship this morning. Self-image. Feeling the pain of a poor self-image. Medicate ourselves by opening the fridge door. Feeling the pain of insecurity medicate ourselves by flirting with the pretty girl at the office. Feeling the pain of stress and the burdens and the challenges of the season we're in, so we indulge in a bit of retail therapy, which by very definition is very rarely therapeutic. When the credit card bill arrives, if you've spent money that you didn't actually have. This is bad cheer. Feels good for a moment, doesn't address the cause of the problems and actually often makes life and the problems even worse.
if you wonder why I'm pausing, it's because I have a dodgy contact lens, so I'm actually increasing the font of my iPad so I can read the next point. We do real. I've ordered glasses. You might see them on this gorgeous. I, I'm reluctant to put them on to cover this face. <laughs> For your sake, you're welcome. Um, anyway, we'll see. Watch this space. I might even do some product placement. Like Samsung. <laughs> so here's my question I want to drill into today. Can we have good cheer in a bad situation? It's one worth looking at, huh? Well, again, Jesus to the rescue. He liked to go around to tell people to have good cheer. And, uh, you know, kind of, all right. Here's an example. Let me, let me read. I'll read on the screen because the font's nice and big up there. Um, but I have to get up close. So, uh, so Jesus got in a boat, crossed over the other side of the body of water that he was on, uh, to his own, came to his own city. And then behold, we don't say that anymore. Then behold, they brought to him a paralytic, not a man that had been drinking too much, someone that actually couldn't walk because of physical issues, lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith, the people that brought him to Jesus, he said to the paralytic, son, be of good cheer. This reads to me like Jesus was just taking the piss. Like, hey, mate, you can't walk. <laughs> cheer up, old, old lad. Like, they didn't bring him to Jesus so Jesus could kind of poke fun at his condition and tell him to, you know, Put a smile on your dial, buddy. This would make sense if Jesus healed him, right, and then said, be of good cheer. But, 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 but let me just take that one off the table for a second, because if Jesus had just healed him, he wouldn't have needed to tell the guy to be of good cheer. The guy would have been of good cheer, right? It comes with the package on a sunny day, right? Good cheer comes with the package, comes gift-wrapped. Batteries included, good cheer included when things are going well. But can we have good cheer in a bad situation? Well, Jesus did go on to heal him after. But Jesus said, be of good cheer before he healed him. Because our joy isn't reliant on our circumstances. Our joy is something that comes from within. Okay. Let me give you another example. Walk to screen. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples, disciples, yes, get into the boat and go before him to the other side of the body of water. Well, he sent the multitudes away. So he'd been teaching, you know, Jesus two major problems when he was on earth was catering and crowd control. And the church, if we re reflect him, we should be struggling with the same two issues because there's too many people that want to get near him and where his body a little bit of bonus content there. And when he sent the multitudes away, he went up in the mountain by himself to pray. Now, evening came, he was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves. So, disciples on a boat, Jesus on a mountain, looking out at boat, boat tossed, disciples freaking out. For the wind was, the wind was contrary. It's a boating term, I guess. I don't know, the wind was rather contrary. What? Uh, what? Where, where, what? 
uh, where was contrary? Oh, yeah. Uh, now, in the fourth watch of the night, uh, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. Cool trick. And when the disciples saw him, this is the disciples already freaking out, walking on the sea. They were troubled, saying it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. I love, this, see, again, I think Jesus is taking the piss again. They're already terrified. And he goes, <laughs> check this one. Starts ghosting it on the water. But, there's that word again. Immediately, Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer. Now, again, he hadn't fixed the waves. He hadn't fixed the wind, but he's telling them in the midst of the storm, be of good cheer. Can we have good cheer in a bad situation? Well, maybe here's the clue. It is I, do not be afraid. You see, in both these stories, there's two constants, trouble and Jesus, right? In your life, there's two constants, trouble and Jesus. And the issue isn't escaping trouble. The issue is, which one are you going to focus on in the middle of the trouble? It's a choice. We all have. It's a choice that thankfully is before us. It's I, don't be afraid. See, not only when we have trouble can we self-prescribe the wrong things, the flirting, the, 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 the uh, thinking the fridge is the medicine cabinet. Um, we can also focus on the wrong areas. I remember uh, a couple of years ago, I was training for a, 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 a triathlon, um, and uh, I developed plantar fasciitis. Now, uh, some of you, uh, podiatrists and occupational therapists, know what I'm talking about. If you don't know what I'm talking about, let me give you a very quick uh, anatomy lesson. Um, our body, our muscles, tendons, etc., muscles, muscles, are surrounded by what are called fascia. Okay, fascia, F-A-S-C-I-A, fascia. And, um, and when there's too much stress on the fascia, they, they can get inflamed and they'll emit a pain response. Okay, designed to tell you to stop what you're doing that's causing the inflammation. It's our body's protective mechanism. It's fantastic. Now, we have uh, fascia everywhere. One of the fascia is called the plantar fascia. Now, this could... Our plantar fascia runs across the calcaneus, a.k.a. heel, uh, and along the metatarsals, a.k.a. foot bones. <laughs> and uh, I was feeling pain. And, and when you get plantar, plantar fasciitis, I mean, you can have a sore elbow, but you just kind of use the other hand. But, like, I use both my feet a lot in, like, you know, walking and stuff, and standing. When you have extreme plantar fasciitis, you actually feel that pain even lying in bed. It's very common. You, when, you put, when you swing your feet out in the morning and your feet hit the ground, if you have plantar fasciitis, just putting your foot on the ground is excruciating. Okay? Let alone running, because uh, the, the run portion of this uh, triathlon I was training for was, is a marathon. And so I had to training for a 42K marathon at the end of the triathlon. I couldn't even get out of bed without pain. And uh, oh, it was not good. My mood had swung. 
And uh, so I went to my physio, and I said, you know, it's a reasonably common injury uh, with uh, runners. Plantar fasciitis, he's like, yeah, he goes. I said, come on, what's the, what's the, what's the fix? He said, uh, okay, Mark, you need to work on your glute strength. Now, again, quick anatomy lesson. I said to him, Damien's his name. I said, Damien, um, you're an idiot. Uh, let me give you a quick anatomy lesson. The plantar fascia, he's like, I know what the plantar fascia is, Mark. You're the idiot. Uh, you need to work on your glute strength. So he gave me these exercises that I dare not do in public um, to get, you know, these buns just didn't happen by accident, you know. And... Uh, <sighs> And, um, sorry about that. And, um, and he said to me that the pain is in your plantar fascia, but the cause is hip instability. And unless you fix your hip instability, you're never going to fix your plantar fasciitis. So I don't want you to worry about your foot. I want you to worry about... That's the symptom. This is the cause. When we're feeling trouble, when we're feeling pain, unfortunately, we're too quick to just deal with the symptoms and we don't give enough attention to dealing with the cause. Now, good doctors will actually tell you the whole story, okay? If you go visit your doctor one day because you, you, you literally, you know, like every waking moment for you is, is excruciating in some way, shape or form, and your doctor says to you, oh, yeah, 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 when you came six months ago, um, I, 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 I discovered you had gallstones, but, but I decided not to tell you because it's bad news. And six months later, you can't even walk. That's not a good doctor. A good doctor tells you the whole story. Well, here's what's interesting. Jesus was actually described as the great physician. It was, it's one of the, the, the many characters that was given to him, that he's the great physician. He tells us the whole story. He tells us that in this world, we will have troubles. And thankfully, he tells us we can have good cheer in a bad situation because he's overcome what's overcoming us. So I want to just quickly run a couple of diagnostics here with you great people this morning. I want to do a cheer up checkup. A couple of things I want to encourage you to do regularly. These are self-diagnostics too, by the way. I ain't going to come and push and prod. Self-diagnostics. One is check your circulation. Now, I'm not going to spend much time on this because I taught on this last week. Solomon, wisest guy that ever lived, except Jesus, said something super, super wise, a proverb, a truth. He said, above all else, guard your heart, for out of it flow the issues of life. Everything comes from the heart. See, we're taught in our culture that joy flows from the outside in, that joy is about the circumstances around us. If they're good, we're joyful. If they're bad, we're not. If we get good Christmas presents, we're joyful. If we get lousy ones, we're not. Joy is, 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 is about inflow. Life is about inflow. It's about what happens to us and around us. Solomon said, no. No, no, it's exactly the opposite. Your joy is your job. Your joy is about what flows out of you. So here's what you've got to do to ensure you have joy flowing out of you. You've got to make sure the stuff that's circulating in your heart is the good stuff, not the bad stuff. 
You know, our body circulates, our heart pumps our entire blood flow through our body from, from, from top to bottom and back again every 60 seconds. It's working hard. Our heart's working hard. And, and if that's not happening, if for some reason our heart isn't pumping the, our blood through our entire system every 60 seconds, if there's a reason, if that's not happening, we have what's called dis-ease. We will experience some form of disease, right? That word sound familiar? Something's not right. Disease. If something's stopping our heart from pumping and working like it's meant to, well, that metaphor works in our lives in the way Solomon said it. If we've got the wrong stuff circulating through our heart, we won't experience the life that God has for us to experience. If we've got bitterness circulating through our heart, resentment. I can't believe they did that to me. Well, believe it, because it obviously happened. That's why you resent it. And, And deal with the cause and not the symptom. Don't let it get into your heart. Unforgiveness. Oh, yeah, 15 years ago. that 15 years ago? And you still haven't forgiven them? You understand? I said this last week. You understand what that is? That's putting yourself in prison 15 years ago and handing them the key. Oh, they don't even seem to know they did anything wrong. Well, maybe they don't. It's not affecting them. It's affecting you. Guard your heart. Huh. So check your circulation. You can listen to last week's podcast. Strongly encourage you to do so. And this one, check your countenance. Now, this is another word we don't use too much these days. So I Wikipedia it, and uh, it means demeanor. Demeanor. I figured the easiest way to, to, to explain it, in fact, was actually by way of an emoji. Let's put the mood swingers graphic up. See, you have a default demeanor. I have a default demeanor. Which is yours? When you look at these selection of emojis, which of these do you think do you think is your default demeanor? Which is your countenance? Have a have a think about it. Right now, now turn to your spouse and ask them. No, don't do. Please, for the love of all things sacred, do not. But they will tell you the truth. Uh, this is what the team thinks my uh, default demeanor is, which. Um, that's great, isn't it? There's a lot, of, lot to choose from. They chose me this. That's great. Oh, boy. I think the team have far too much spare time on their hands, actually. If you're happy and you know it, tell your face. <laughs> I, um, I share this next story with permission, uh, just a disclaimer at the front. Um, about, uh, about three years ago, um, Chris Judd, who leads our family and children's area, Elevate Kids team, um, he would often be here on a Sunday morning uh, with a very dark cloud following him around. And uh, he'd be, you know, like Eeyore. And just, uh, and uh, here's a little sidebar. If you're a leader or a parent 
or someone with a level of influence, your mood matters. I talked about this last week. You will affect climate change around you. What sort of climate change are you wanting to bring? And so Chris was bringing very dark climate change to, to our kids and parents and kids notice that stuff too, by the way, and parents and, you know. And I was like, I let it go. I let it go. A couple of things, a little bit of extra bonus content too. In, in leadership, don't look for one-offs. Look for patterns. Because we all do stupid things once, right? It's, it's not. But, but, but look for patterns. I, I, I kind of work on a three strikes and then we'll talk approach. Look for patterns because patterns suggest there's something ongoing here, right? Another bit of bonus content from, from, from leadership is, is I encourage you, and, and one of the guiding principles that I use in leadership is what's called situational leadership. That there's not just a one-size-fits-all approach to leadership if you want to be effective. I think of it like, like a, a golf bag of golf clubs, that you use diff- a different club in different situations. It's all golf, it's all leadership, but if you just got one club, you, you're not going to be a very good golfer. You know, putt with your driver. And, and no, it's just, so, so I look for patterns. There was a pattern, dark cloud, Chris. <laughs> um, climate change, not good. And, uh, and then I'm trying to marry that up with the best approach for Chris. Um, you know, I will lead Chris a different way than I'll lead Pete, than I'll lead Stewie. Different, situational leadership. And so, I'm trying to think, what's going to be the best, the best approach to coach Chris through this? And uh, I had the privilege of, of conducting a wedding for two of our Elevate Kids team, Jeffrey and Miranda. And the wedding was here. Um, and the, and the, the reception was down at a, 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 a pub, a hotel down in East Fremantle. Tradewinds, I think. Tradewinds. Great. Loved it. So I did the wedding ceremony. Chris emceed the reception. I'm a guest. Louis and I are guests at the reception. This guy that led the reception, MC was lit up like this. Like this was his default demeanor through the entire reception, like four hours. And, and he was drinking mineral water. Go figure, right? Upbeat, chirpy, full of life. He's mustering the staff to bend to his will to make sure they did, you know, he's like the mate of D. They didn't work for him, but he got them working for him. And, and, he's, and he's, he's getting everyone on board and he's funny. And, and, and even before people are, are drunk, he, they were laughing at his jokes. And, and, and this reception was fantastic. I hate wedding receptions normally. I love this one, mostly because of Chris. Did a phenomenal job. Brought climate change like it was a sunny day at that wedding reception. It was on a Saturday. We have an all-in day on a Monday. Our team leaders, uh, those that, that, that can be here, are here. So I, I, I took one of my clubs out of my bag, the putter. And I tapped Chris with the putter. And I said, Chris, what the jimmy happened on Saturday at that wedding reception? You know what? I said, dude, you were enjoyable. You, 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 were, you, were, you were fun. You were, you were full of life. You, 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 you took that reception to a whole other level. It was amazing. I said, do you think you can do that here every Sunday? Yeah? Good. Why haven't you? I'm not, I'm, you coach to improve. You don't coach to put down, right? Why haven't you? Just help me understand. Well, because sometimes things go wrong. Yeah, sure. 
And, you know, sometimes a team member doesn't turn up or they turn up late or they don't, aren't prepared or they did. Okay. You know, sometimes a kid's a bit, uh, or parent even. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah sure. But, but do, what difference do you, do you think you'd make over time if you brought wedding Chris here every Sunday? Like, oh, yeah, probably, probably, probably be good. I, I said, I think you're right. <laughs> Let's give it a shot. Okay. So next Sunday, I turn up, walk in, and I'm wondering, which Chris is going to turn up today? And wedding Chris turned up. And two years later, wedding Chris keeps turning up. And I keep calling him wedding Chris. <laughs> but here's the thing. It's the same Chris, right, with a different countenance. It was always in him, but he hadn't decided to check his countenance. Again, I share this with permission. This is a win story. Uh, you don't go out there and go, <laughs> no, you go, mate, great job. You've demonstrated that even if the circumstances around you are still the same, which by the way, they're not because our Elevate Kids team members do a better job week on week on week on week on week. Chris doesn't have so much frustration around him, which is fantastic. But he made a decision to check his countenance and changed his emoji face. He swung his mood. Let me, let me show you this as we finish. Numbers. Book of Numbers. It's kind of funny because it's actually full of words. But anyway. Um, so something. See, I say stuff and, and then you go, yeah, that's true. That's funny. Why didn't I think of that? Think more. Anyway, I'll do all the thinking. Yeah. I'm actually in a pretty light mood today, in case you didn't tell. Um, this is, this is, this is a, a, a kind of a blessing, like blessings like speaking words of life and prayer into a situation. God, uh, this, this is what this is. God was teaching Moses, haven't got time to explain who he is. God, just figure that one for yourself. Moses to go to, to, to the people, to the priests, Aaron and the, and the, and the priests, and, and pray and speak and pray this over them. Okay? That's the backstory. And these are the words. You might occasionally stumble in a church. You won't because you, you're here every Sunday. But there are other churches that might even finish their, their services, whatever, with this sort of thing. Not us. We, we like to just keep things a bit... I don't know what the end of that sentence is. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. His face shine upon you. It's already happening. That's fantastic. And be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. This is just, this is, I'm land this message with, with this very simple thought. God's face is shining on us. He's promised that, right? We then have the opportunity to reflect Right? And one of the most important truths you can learn is we become what we behold. That's why advertising is so powerful. Because advertisers want to put stuff in front of you that you behold. And you get fixated on and you, it moves from a want to a need in you. Because we become what we behold. 
and uh, but but that's the dark side that's the kryptonite but there's the bright side and the bright side is that god's face is shining on us and if we look to him and not to our circumstances if we look to him and not to the bozos around us that make our mood swing downwards that bring bad climate change if we look to him our face can start to reflect his countenance our countenance reflects his countenance his countenance becomes our default demeanor life There's a little side note in there too, by the way. You've got to understand God's life. God's about life and joy. Last week I said that Jesus and joy are not mutually exclusive. They're actually synonymous. Yeah, I know. I've met some Christians that that doesn't seem to be the case. I get it. Come follow Jesus. It's fantastic. Changed my life. Yeah, I don't want my life changed, mate. Whatever you're smoking, don't start selling it to me. But the God of the Bible, the God that created the, the real one, the, is life. His countenance is blessing. And our countenance can become his countenance. If we look to him and not to our circumstances, we can have good cheer even in a bad situation. Capiche? Let me ask a question and finish up, hand back to Jess here. Um, just prayed this, it's our, it's our mission as Elevate Church. Our mission isn't to drink good coffee. Our mission isn't to preach good messages, to sing good songs. Our mission is to lead people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. So Jesus didn't just ask people to believe in him. In fact, he said even the devil believes in him. He actually asked people to come follow him. And uh, I want to give you that opportunity. We want to give you that opportunity this morning to come follow him, to start a journey of following him. So I'm going to ask in a moment, if you've never started following Jesus, in a moment, I want you to put your hand up. If you're ready to start that journey following Jesus, put your hand up. I may or may not see your hand. God will, I may not. Contact lens issues. Um, and you can put it down and we're just going to quickly pray. But this morning, if you've never made a decision to start following Jesus, my strongest encouragement to you is to start that journey today, right here, right now. So right now, for those of you ready to take that next step, just put your hand up. Say, yep, I want to start following Jesus this morning. And you can put it down and we're going to pray. 